a gift for my favorite customers. Legend has it, it's on the 16th birthday that a witch gets her powers. What's going on, man fam? It is me. I have my voice back. I'm here to talk. It's so witchcraft. Sexy. So sexy. Yeah, it is. Look at that. The dulcet tones. Um, it's witchcraft that my voice is back. See what I did there? Bingo, bongo, mm. bongo, Yahtzee. Uh, we are here. It is all three of us here. Kent, Brian, and Richard here to talk the long-awaited sequel. <laughs> I, I don't know who was longly awaiting it. People apparently were mm-hmm. waiting a longly Hocus Pocus 2. It's been a long road to get here, boys. We finally did it. It is. Yeah. It's been a long time. <laughs> Shouldn't have left you. <laughs> a classic early podcast joke speaking of early podcast our bo- congrats to our boy rob fee was that our yeah. first ever guest yeah it was one, that was one of ours yeah yeah working high thinking. up at uh triple h made the call and you know, like you know, i need to get, get get some good people in here for once you know yeah now that i'm running things and uh yeah so, rob fee congrats Shout to out. the colonel um so means wwe should be very entertaining because yeah. rob fee yeah. If anyone knows okay. anything about him, yeah. follow him on Twitter, yeah. Instagram. One yeah. of the most entertaining people. So, yeah, we should get him back on sometime. Absolutely, he would love that. I'm sure. Congrats to him. But we've, you know, this show makes stars. We're a star-making yeah. show. The next, uh, the next Chris Jericho movie mm-hmm. vehicle. He can yeah, there we break go. that down yeah. with us. <laughs> Which hopefully will be MCU. I mean, hopefully I think Chris is ready for that. Too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I just I want I he want actually survived the van, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I know it was a bummer. None of them. They didn't bring back any of Vernon Freedom or Tug Phelps yeah. or any of those. At least one of them would have been nice that he like stepped away at the last second. Tanker right. Lutz. Yeah. yeah, the Big Show one probably would have been the funniest for continual right stuff. But anyway, we are not here to talk about Gruber. Actually, of course we are. Right, but we'll take a small break here and uh, and talk. Hocus Pocus? Is that how it's Are not- we going to go gloss over the fact that Avatar is almost at $3 billion now with this <laughs> re release? I just wanted to. It's the only thing I wanted to get in on the main feed this week is. Good. I'm glad you're bringing it up because I think it's, it's an interesting discussion point. Uh, and this has been said for several years, but has never more been true than it is right now with this particular re release. Who are these people <laughs> that are seeing it? You know? We do have people on the podcast that can uh, answer mm. this better than me. It's true. But I think it's the people that uh, that now have youngins okay. that weren't around for the first one. Got it. And okay. never got the big screen Avatar experience, and and will probably see the second one, but have no frame of reference. Yeah. And you want to you want to take them to see it on a big screen because they're going to be like, "What was this? Why why is this the biggest movie ever?" If you show it to mm-hmm. them on Netflix or or whatever it is, yeah. That's what I think. That's totally what it was from. Yeah. I mean, I took Coop to see it last weekend because it was in theaters again. And it was like, if we're going to watch this, then we ought to watch it in 3D because that's really 70% of the whole thing. You yeah. Know? So agreed. Um, and, and also, Lindsay, I mean, I, you're right, Richard. No one remembers, uh, no one remembers a lot about Avatar. I really mean that for Lindsay. Like, Lindsay just doesn't retain movie and tv stuff very well like that because she's not a weirdo like us and so um she was like i don't remember literally any of this so if i'm gonna go see this movie in december i should probably have yeah. some frame of reference for what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about here yeah. no okay. wow. in terms of who are these people did you see the john wilson episode where he found the avatar fan group and <laughs> no, it was like the new york city avatar fan club and there was like six people in it in yeah. the entire metropolitan area of new york <laughs> yeah I mean, I know it's bigger. It's bigger overseas for sure. I just thought that was a funny part uh, of it. But mini yes, commentary on the movie. It's like thing. there's only yeah. six people in this Avatar fan right. club. Really? <laughs> yeah, and for something that too, you know, is and I, of course there are fans of it. I'm not, I don't know, but it, that is something that is so, that genre 
you know, lent itself to these massive fan groups. And even when you think about the cons and things like that, mm-hmm. it has such a smaller presence than much lesser fare, both in quality and scale of box office. It's like, mm-hmm. it's an interesting, it's a very interesting piece of um, cultural property that is simultaneously bigger than we realize and smaller than we realize and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like it, I don't know, they need a hundred more million dollars, but uh Three billion dollars for Avatar One. It's pretty impressive. Eat it, uh, Avengers! And remember when he, uh, when yeah, when Avengers broke the record, and then he waited like six months for it to go out of theaters, be released, and then he just put out Avatar in China to beat it again. (laughs) I that's I don't like James Cameron. That's my favorite thing about James Cameron. Yeah, the the, the I love that. I love the box office pettiness. Is just that's his best personality trait <laughs> for sure yeah 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 he's very committed to being like no i made the biggest movie of all time and i'm gonna retain that i'm gonna keep it that way yeah absolutely <laughs> be great if avengers started doing like in this cut robert downey <laughs> jr does you know tony stark right. lives if if at this point avatar it. 2 doesn't make 1.5 billion it's a massive failure right yeah like that's they not should, right I think the more they pump this up, the more it's going to make the the sequels look bad when they don't make this much money. Yeah, yeah. We've we've said for a long time that um, we're maybe not so maybe wouldn't bet on at least James Cameron directing the last couple of these things because I think there's there's definitely some room for regression. Maybe (laughs) I mean this is maybe more. Yeah. Granted, I drafted it. I'm I'm biased because I drafted it in the. Oh, I think it'll make money. I just don't think it'll make $1.5 billion. I think it'll. Yeah. If anything can, it's this. I I would have been bearish on it, but the fact that this re-release has done as well as it has Mm -hmm. makes me more bullish on the sequel. I don't know, though. We'll see. Yeah, I think this one will do well. It's the second. It's the next one that I kind of think. "Mm, That's where we start to. Brian, do you think the 3D thing, though, is going to be a big pull for people again? Like, is that enough to say, oh, man, I really need to see this. Go see this in 3D or because that's what they're counting on is for I, people to go to a theater and see and spend the money to see this and have this big experience. Or are people past that or are people willing to go back into that mindset again that they were in in 2009, I guess it was when this the first. One came yeah, out. I would. I would say I think that it's likely to work for this movie because I think that it it. You can sell. You can remember two thousand nine, or you you know somebody who remembers two thousand nine, and they can kind of tell you, hey, it really is like an immersive experience, and it adds to yeah what this particular movie is doing. I don't really think that it's going to like rejuvenate the three D uh, medium mm-hmm. again, like like the two thousand nine one did. Well, I nothing think. else, you know that, well, not necessarily kickstarted, but was right in the middle of a re three D phase. Mm-hmm. And it was the only one still with any, maybe a few horror films, but it was mm-hmm. the only one with any value add for being sure. in 3D still, you know, even five years after. How was yeah. it, Brian, uh, 13 years later or whatever? Was it still co- cool and immersive and interesting? I mean, I think the experience of Avatar is still really cool. Yeah, and, it was. and I get to kind of relive that a little bit because I have a kid who's sure. honestly is like, I mean, right in the right the right age range for the spectacle of the whole thing. And the Jake Sully is, is, is his new Luke yes, Skywalker, absolutely basically, true. is what yeah. you're saying. He's just super. <laughs> I mean, it's seriously, all he, he's he only into, speaks he, Navi now. Yeah. Yeah. He's been Unobtainium him in his lunchbox, sneaking it into school. Yeah. Into school. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, some teachers are confused, but I'm with it. I'm, I'm good with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, no, like I mean, you know, he's he's kind of primed for it because they have a really cool avatar section of at, at Disney World. So yeah, he, he's he's seen that. It's a cool thing, and but yeah, it is. It's a it's a it's an experience. It's a cool immersive experience, and it the still was thirteen years later. This, plus, yeah, even totally. in comparison to the Disney thing, which I've heard is just spectacular, mm-hmm. it still holds up. I mean, awesome. The, yeah, the Disney. It, it's at Animal Kingdom. It's a section yeah. of Disney World, and it is incredible. I mean, it it, it really. Even if you are as cynical about Avatar as you could possibly be, which I think the three of us are are pretty close to that that line, it is such a cool uh, little section of that park. I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's a really cool thing. But yes, he's 
he's big into it now. It's like they have Lego sets coming out. He's like, I, I got to get that for Christmas, you know, cool. The whole nine yards. And so it is cool. And, and truly we, we kind of, again, we, we, we're relatively cynical about Avatar as a whole. It is a really cool immersive experience. And, you know, it, the, the, <laughs> the acting isn't very good. And the, the script is, is pretty garbage yeah. and all this stuff, but also it's- it looks incredible. And, it's a fun experience. I don't want to watch it three times a year sure. or every year or every decade even, but you know, yeah, once it's a, a true testament to the, pretty the cool. technical part of it, because I know you and I are not huge tech heads when it comes mm-hmm. to things. And it does, it is at least in the, in its, I haven't seen it since that period of time, but um, it's that the tactical aspects of it are that good that it can overcome being mm-hmm. a really not very good movie with some right. bad performances. For and sure. some real Every James stuff. Cameron sequel so far has been, you know, greatest movie of all time level. So, you know, I don't want to bet against him and making bad movies. Uh, um, so I like his movies a lot. I just don't like James Cameron. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, he, he rules way, you know, more than he's bad. Like he's super mm-hmm. knows how to make For stuff. Sure. Yeah. Not just technically, oh, yeah. normally, narratively, normally, you know, as much as one can, you know, acting within genre sci-fi is always strong. Avatar is the exception to that, which is what made it funny that it was the most successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's a incredible achievement still. I mean, I'm absolutely. big into I'm big Titanic guy more than yeah. more than you guys. Uh, sure. And I recently found this. Uh, I guess it's like an IMAX cut of Titanic, so it's like a full frame cut of Titanic. Because normally it would be cropped, you know, letterbox version mm-hmm. is what we we all seen so there's like a full full version out there that nice. uh, seems That's to cool. be seems to be pretty good so to put it in a little context and i know we'll get to hocus pocus here but uh avatar is of course number one with 2.9 2.7 is uh end game mm-hmm. and then to put it uh you know uh, no way home 1.9 billion top gun maverick which we we feel like I at least feel like it's made so much money. Like hmm. if any movie comes out this year that has that kind of pull and staying power, I'll be impressed. That's one point four right now. So it's all, all about halfway to where Avatar is, and you know Black Panther one point three, and this is I guess the only post COVID one would be Maverick and uh, Spider Man mm-hmm. No Way Home. But um, but yeah, so that's it's got a long way to go to even get like a third of the way to where avatar was. And that's uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how much money they put into the, the sequels after that and, and, and all that. But Hey, it might make 3 billion. It might make mm. 8 billion. It may Let's go there. <laughs> it may, it may do great. I mean, it may be the thing that between that and top gun, get us other movies this year, next year, the next coming years. It could, mm-hmm. it could be a total rock star anchor. It's it. Yeah, yeah you're right. And this one will do fine. It's not going to lose money. And I know they have the kind of kind of the ring of power thing where it's like, hey, we had to spend all this. We're gonna build all this. It has to be for multiple movies because it's such an expensive yeah. uh production that they were like, I think that was more it, even though we laugh at Cameron. I think it was also a bit of Disney going, Hey, we'll build you an entire Navi land in um Manhattan Beach. But like we need four of these <laughs> because mm-hmm. right. so I think there's some of that too. But um we shall we shall see how they if it's diminishing returns like if it's a uh oh no we guaranteed russell wilson 150 million before we played a game or if it's a really smart remember when they bought star wars for four billion dollars and those mm-hmm. haven't even crushed yeah. it and it was like the best investment ever so um you know this is a uh remains to be seen kind of thing so anyway we'll transition now uh to our movie of the week um, which is Hocus Pocus, which snuck up on me. I thought for some reason that this was next year. Hmm. I remember I knew they were doing it, but I thought it was 2023. There's something else that they uh, made for Christmas that seems like it should be out this year, but it's like next year. I think I had it confused with that. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, um, it's you haven't it, been checking Kent's website. He's had a yeah, he's I had a countdown ticker. Yeah, yeah his, for, it's H. It's his Tumblr. It's H, he's bringing back Tumblr. It's H C U S H P E S. It's like kind of abbreviated like Tumblr. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> fanboy B O. It's Hocus Pocus Fanboy B O I. Right. And right. then eight, and then like a weird like smiley face 
but like with a with like actual letters, not emojis. <laughs> anyway, look him up. You guys you would um, never never think this, and I found this out. Kathy and a. Jimmy fans, real a holes. Never never would have known that <laughs> until I did this blog. Well, they and they they cross over with the Dan randomly groupies. randomly like hostile fan base. Just yeah, never yeah. would have never would have Hive is no, yeah, no, it's pretty no, rough. Yeah. You don't want to get on the other. Well, side she's of married that, to the guy sure. from the Dan band, um, right? The old school singer. So you know, you better watch it with all this Peggy Hill slander. Uh, Richard, she'll get you know. Yeah, yeah I know. You. You're getting serious. The, I, they have luckily they don't mind if you just insult that character because they right. hate her. Okay, too. yeah, yeah. That's but universal, if you go think, yeah. if you go sister act or hocus pocus, they uh, will fry you. You're in trouble. You're in yeah. trouble. I think about the wedding scene in old school mm, three times a day, maybe something like that. It kills me still to this day. It's so funny with the damn band. Such a dumb bit. Gosh, <laughs> it's so good. and the commitment is so <laughs> good by that guy. And the feral, the way feral hears it hear and then that? talks yeah. himself out of it silently <laughs> yes, yes. is such a funny, great piece Still of so acting. Funny. Yeah. He has two great pieces of acting in that movie that that are real, like honestly, really human, smart acting, not just funny. Um, that when he does that face is perfect, and when he does the hey Mike, when he's in the middle <laughs> when he's talking about the the red dragon, can't really take her out because she's not exactly street legal. Hey Mike, so the anonymous person across the street. <laughs> Yeah. It's like the most real feeling. It's like Daniel Day Lewis level um, <laughs> guy next door kind of thing. Um, anyway, hocus pocus. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you, Brian, first because I feel like I could be wrong uh, because we always surprise each other with these things. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like this might have been in the might have been a spinner back in the day, rotation wise for you. But I I don't know. Or maybe your wife. I feel like. You have the most familiarity with this property pre this film. So I would love to hear your your previous experience with Hocus Pocus before I throw it to Ken. Sure. Yeah, this is a this is a Lindsay movie. Yeah. Um, from her childhood. So. Um and super duper not for mine. Okay. I, I watched this one I watched the original once when it was new and it was like uh I was trying to think of how to like contextualize this. To me, it was like the reverse of hook. You know, when you're, when we were, we've talked about this when we did our Hook episode, it was like, when you're a kid, Hook is the coolest movie ever. And then when you get, become an adult and you find out that there are people who don't think that Hook is awesome and it, it, it's a shocking moment. For me, it's the exact opposite with Hocus Pocus. I remember watching it and being like, this is the stupidest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And then come to find out, I just assumed everybody felt that way. Yeah. And then come to find out uh, in my like mid to late 20s that no, there's like a whole lot of people that really love Hocus Pocus. Um, it is not, uh, I watched the original, um, maybe two weeks ago with Lindsay and Coop because of, of this, you know, cause the new yeah. one's coming and, uh, I, I was, I would, I did not come off my, my original opinion. I think it's fair to say. So was not a, not a huge fan, not a huge fan. A lot of virgin talk, too much virgin talk for, uh, a nine year old, I feel like, but that's just, oh, me personally. Yeah, that's true. And for your parole officer. Yeah, yeah. And for me, honestly. Yeah. Just uncomfy. Mm-hmm. Good times. That's the, that's the movie you really want to lead to the talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you have to kind of preempt it by maybe two years earlier than you wanted because you guys watched mm-hmm, Hocus mm-hmm. Pocus. Right. I feel yeah. like that's a good story. <laughs> um, Kent, what about you? What's your history background with the original Hocus Pocus? Yeah, I definitely... This definitely was a big player. VHS okay. around. You had around, sisters, uh, so that's got to be part I, of it. Yeah, I, I had yeah. I had a sister uh, and another one that was born uh, when I turned about uh, nine. So yeah, two sisters mm-hmm. and yeah, this was a this was a big player. I feel like around Halloween time, I think there's very few, especially back when the original one came out. There's very few Halloween kids things this or nightmare Mm -hmm. before christmas which yeah which is also a christmas movie so now there's like half a dozen at least that just are jack black that you could show a kid (laughs) you know so (laughs) yeah there's i think there's a lot more stuff a lot more cartoons so you know i big players in my house was like charlie brown great pumpkin Mm -hmm. and hocus pocus was like the only things we could watch and until you know of course um i was able to you know, be scared by Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer, which we're talking about 
on the uh, on the VIP feed this week for 25 years of I Know What You Did Last Summer. That should be fun conversation. But uh, yeah, this was, I've, I've seen the first one, I don't know, probably 20 times in my mm. life. Not in a while, though, until this rewatch. And uh, it brought back a lot of memories. I, I'd forgotten how creepy the book is the, in, the entire time. And as, as a kid, <laughs> how creeped out I was by that. And Thora Birch, hadn't seen her in quite a, quite a long time in a movie. So that was, uh, that was interesting. Uh, the character, Billy uh, Butcherson, who pops up in this one, I've said, is uh, Morbius. So it was cool to see Morbius again in, in 2022. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's funny with where I come down on movies like this and what we've kind of seen from Disney since the Disney Plus launch really is what I'll kind of start at that window is, is with these remakes, they're either way better than they should be or just bad. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's very few of them that come out and you're like, that, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was good. Or that was fine. It's like, it, it's either really hot or really cold. And that's why uh, that's what's most confusing. I don't know why they can't just do the lukewarm like this. You'd feel like these would be very easy to do. Um, to do okay, you know, mm -hmm. um, and sure. it surprised me because the audience score on this one is uh, is low on on Rotten Tomatoes. This seems to be having the opposite effect of the first one, which is critics hated it, but audiences loved it. Mm -hmm. Seems like critics are liking this one and audiences aren't. So mm -hmm. I don't know what what the deal is there, but yeah, this you know, I, I, what's the goal here? Get get people onto Disney Plus. I think it, it certainly worked there. It was trending. This is why we're doing it on the podcast. It was the most popular right. movie people were talking about uh, all weekend, trending, tons of Instagram story action with this one and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So I think they, they, they definitely accomplished that. But once you get the people there, it's like, oh, man, that was mm – -hmm. they're, they're not real happy and they go leave the bad review on the Rotten Tomatoes site and do they renew the subscription to Disney Plus? I don't know. Like that's – see, that's the catch-22 with this these things. So mm -hmm. the songs in this one were not – they didn't bring back, I don't know, those memories of the first one. Maybe it's because I'm not mm -hmm. seven anymore. Maybe they would have, but um, I don't know. I thought they should have just done I Put a Spell on You and <laughs> – done different lyrics or updated ones because I felt like that's that's kind of what I wanted to hear as a fan of the original movie was that song and uh, what did they end up doing uh, what song did they end up doing um, one way or another yeah yeah that was not not great <laughs> not great at all <laughs> Bette Miller was going like I want to get you get you get you get you it was not it was not great but I will say I thought they fit uh, back into the character's uh, pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought Bette Midler did, especially. I thought, you know, having watched the, the first one again for the first time in a few years uh, last night and this one uh, today, I thought Bette Midler, uh, you know, stepped right back into that role. And and she's peaking, so you got to get Bette Midler <laughs> now. Yeah. Man, if I had a dollar for every time a middle schooler asked me about Bette Midler, yeah. oof, goodness. They talk about those last Carson appearances. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's saying for Johnny like kids love that stuff this is one I probably saw once maybe twice in some kind of daycare situation mm -hmm. child care situation and then uh, didn't again for 20 years and then uh, yeah and my wife similar She, I actually asked her the other night because I was curious I, I've dated other people in the last year um, that love well, no, I've dated, I've dated other women in the past. That this was a very you even get a joke in there. You'd already cut me. It's good. It's yeah, good. I'm, I'm still I'm working on. I'm you know working on my game. No, but I've I've dated other women in years past that this was very seminal to them. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So I we were laying about the other night, and I'm like, oh, the ad for this game. I was like, is this a? I've never heard you in either way talk about this. She's like, yeah, no, I think I've seen it once. It's fine. It's like mm -hmm. all right. Um, married the right one. Um, <laughs> for now, as my wife's like nine months pregnant in the other room, <laughs> like, such a jerk thing to say. 
but anyway, so yeah, this was not a not a player. Was always as I grew into an adult and and became aware of its relevancy to other people. I, I was very much confused by it. Um, but there's, you know, this makes more sense though than because it is so it is so aesthetically Halloween in such an overt way mm-hmm. that I kind of yes. get it. I get it more than like people that are like, oh, I love the Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. That is weirder to me. Yeah. Um, so. Right. Well, Congrats. Think, yeah, I think Kent's right too. There's there's not a lot of uh yes, it's an there weren't a lot of kids Halloween movies in this era. I mean you have this, you have like Casper, and there are yep. some others, but it's it it came e. out at the right time. Yeah. To me, this this is right in the vein of E. T. for me as a kid. Like it has that it, at least as, when I was younger, it happening. had that like adventure, all the kids around the neighborhood rounding up to go solve a crime and it's got supernatural elements and it's on Halloween. It really did. It kind of felt like that. Um, uh, but wit, but as if ET were a bet Midler musical, <laughs> it is the one Parker. thing ET is missing. Yeah. Spielberg's yeah. admitted that himself. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. Yeah. All right. So now we get to this new one. When this was announced, I'll go to Ken first because uh, maybe Owen Kent, cause he, he had the more positive experience with this was, were you like, ooh, or were you like, oh, was it, were, are we in, are we in re, uh, rehash hell now where everything is getting brought back? And so we have to be, we can't just be exciting that nostalgic properties are coming back. Or was this like, oh, this could be cool if they do this properly with Halloween? Yeah. No, I had the, the idea of this could be cool if it's done properly and it has, I don't know, the right mixture of humor and nostalgia and all, and all that kind of stuff. This felt like a mail in. It felt mm-hmm. it felt like uh, okay. All we need is get the Sanderson sisters back. Uh, you know, have some young people in the cast t- t- and br- have the book in it, and we'll have one musical number at a uh, you know on a stage with the witches. Like it had a checklist, and if it, if it has that, those are the requirements for the script. And it's just funny because. This one has been out for and been popular for since 1993, mm-hmm. almost 30 years. So for them just now to make it and for it to be this version was was pretty disappointing. But I was hoping it would be like, man, that was that was great. Uh, I don't know. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers really set like a high bar for me on these remakes and these relaunches, reboots, sequels, whatever you want to call them, how smart mm-hmm. that one was conceived and done and it was funny and it had a good plot and all, all the right things that you kind of want with this. It's way better than it had the right to be, basically. This one really fell short of my expectations on what it could have been, which is disappointing because um, I thought it could have been a lot more fun, had, uh, I don't know, more characters. There's only like the two girls that aren't uh, the Sanderson sisters in the movie that you're kind of following. So kind of felt uh, like it could have used just uh, a bigger cast to be quite honest with you. I don't know if it's yeah, this COVID really restrictions or whatever. Yeah. It just felt that, real that, small yeah, and uh, rushed and it is what it is. I mean, they got a, they got business to do, you know, this is a property that they wanted to, wanted to get out there sooner rather than later. You don't want to wait another 10 years, you know, to make this. So, yeah, it, it sells some shirts and some gears to Halloween enthusiastic young people. That's you know make it yeah costumes of the Sanderson yeah. sisters and all that. Yeah, but I, yeah, they got you know there's some modern stunt casting in there with Sam Richardson and mm-hmm. and Tony Hale and and uh, <laughs> you know Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham. But um, yeah, I thought, but yeah, I thought this felt really like not necessarily just phoned in, but like really cheap on Disney's part. It just felt haphazard and, and thrown together, which, you know, say what you want about Sarah Jessica Parker and Bette Midler, less so to Kathy uh, and Jimmy. I, I think she'd probably take, but I don't know even cause King of the Hill probably paid her plenty of money. I don't think any of those women are like desperate for work. Mm. So it, it was just surprising that everyone hopped back in this with such gusto because this felt like it could have used about another year and a half to hone a bit, even to just be kind of passing level kitschy, you know, it just felt really rushed and cheap to me. Brian, what about you? 
so I think I, I mean I agree with you guys obviously because it is it's very it's it's very kind of haphazardly made and it, there's not a ton of uh, dedication to quality here. Something that that kind of hit with me though this the for whatever reason with this movie was and it, well, part of it, I, I know the reason I don't know what's that word or reason. Cooper's been watching a ton of Disney Plus stuff lately and and he he's watched several um, cheaply made. Disney movies. Some of them are new and some of them are older, but they're all like pretty much just a Disney Channel original movie. Right. And that kind of clicked with me with this of like, and I, I'm curious to see how my own experience with that translates when I watch the next Netflix movie that's super underwhelming or, or whatever else. But we, I think maybe we need to start framing some of these these movies and these experiences with all of the streamers as almost less as maybe this is, I don't know, sounds kind of degrading, but like maybe less as movies and more as made for TV movies and having like that be kind of the standard of what we are expecting from them. Cause I'm with you guys. Like I thought this was cheaply made and I did not enjoy it in, in many ways. Um, but there were, I know that that was becoming kind of like the, the Disney Channel original movie was starting to become a thing when I was probably like on the kind of the the older side for Disney Channel yeah. stuff. And so that was relatively within y'all's kind of prime era for for that kind of stuff. And and you would have those movies come out once a at least once a month, maybe even once a week. I don't know. And And you knew kind of what to expect. And it was and I think the cameos even add to that, like on the one hand. I'm I'm glad because I don't I mean I don't know how great the acting is in this in this thing. So I was kind of glad to see Sam Richardson and Tony Hale and Hannah Waddingham and stuff. And you know, so that that's kind of it's cool to see people in here who are actually funny people and and known faces and all that. But that also again kind of it, to me at least it kind of adds to the feeling of like this was a this was a Sunday evening special kind of a movie rather than this was a, a, a theater movie that got released on streaming. Do does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like the, the kind of difference um, on that and the expectation. And I'm not, I would, I mean, I would, I would rather, I would rather all of these movies and be good and, or, or at least be, you know, high quality uh, and not made for TV movies or, or Disney original movies or whatever. But, but it, it's, I think it's even for a studio like Disney, even for a, a platform like Netflix or whatever else, there's only so many people you got on hand to do these things at this point. And if you're cranking out 14 new series and, and movies every week, um, I think that stuff is going to get done. I mean, we saw that with like Boba Fett. I don't know if you ever watched Boba, the, the book of Boba Fett, Richard, but I know Kent and I did. And it, it really seems like part of the, uh, <laughs> Part of the impetus behind that was like, well, Robert Rodriguez can do it for cheap. So yeah. like, we're going to let him do that. And, um, I would like for star Wars, especially to not be done cheaply, but there's, I think there's just a, a certain amount of some of these are going to be prestige TV kind of movies. Some of these are going to feel like movies that, that would have been in theaters 15 or 20 years ago. And some of them are going to feel like return to Jafar, return of Jafar. Mm -hmm. And that's, kind of that's been it's almost like that has been the disney model that's now just being kind of lightly reworked for the streaming era and maybe that we need to all kind of change how we we look at these things and and then apply that not just to disney but also to netflix and hbo max and and on down the road i'm pretty sure walgreens just paid for this entire movie to be made, right <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure Blank receipt check. It was ninety feet long. <laughs> right. They went, they went to the only Walgreens that didn't have brooms, but had Halloween witches brooms and mm -hmm. multiple Roombas to purchase right. and get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always buy Roombas at Walgreens. Yes, yeah, personally. multiple Roombas yeah. in stock. Yeah. Like, because you know you need. Have I told y'all this is how my mother-in-law is? She buys all of her groceries at, at CVS or Brahms. <laughs> CVS, I'm not joking. Please stop. And Walgreens, it's go so expensive. Store. 
Yes, like, I know. I went and bought, say all the bought time. like a Gatorade, you know, yes. the other day. Like, hey, I need, I'm going to go grab a Gatorade. It was like $5 for like yeah, a, a convenience <laughs> store. You're paying extra yes, for the convenience. You pay for the convenience. Yes. yes. It kills right. me with my mother-in-law. We just please, for the love of God, do not buy a gallon of milk at Brahms. Go anywhere else. This cannot keep happening. Yeah. I know. I've been there. Well, it's such a pleasant experience too when you're in there in the summer at eight o'clock at night. And Brahms are everywhere too. I mean, you don't have to drive far. <laughs> you can't you can't you can't walk ten feet without tripping over a Brahms. Exactly. Um, so this felt like to me a it felt like the wrinkle in time movie. Remember that one? Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. It's just like, for oh sure. no. Except oh. that cost like a hundred and something million dollars for yeah. some reason. Right. That's back when we still did that for box office. I mean, part of this, it's it's interesting. It's like a one or the other. Like you think, uh, you know, if this is getting a theatrical release, they probably put more money into it because they're taking more direct money out of it. And there's a certain threshold that things have to kind of pass. To your point, Brian, to not look like Disney Channel movies. Mm-hmm. But when it's just going on Disney Plus and you're just banking on X amount of people are going to either keep their sub or get a sub for some time because of the nostalgic of this, there's less of a threshold. This has to be over. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it have been. But but then maybe if they spend more money on this, it's worse because they get wrinkled and timed and mm-hmm. all that. I don't know. Yeah. It's very, seems- you know, movie math is much more complicated than it ever has been. Absolutely. Yeah. There seems to be a, just a, a, general i don't know company-wide um mission statement of because we can you know it's like why mm-hmm. do that why make hocus pocus too it's like because because we can mm-hmm. you know right. and wrinkle in time was 150 million dollars by the way geez, to cut geez. to make yeah. yeah well oprah was 100 million dollars <laughs> that's that's money well spent that's what yeah. so she deserved that yeah i think i think you're right the 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 one thing that I would say that 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 the, that the Zaz has gotten right at uh, at HBO at, at whatever Warner Brothers Discovery HBO is kind of an understanding I think of we got to cut back on the the content that we're pushing because we can't keep up and we can't do we can't do enough quality work mm. to make all of these things worthwhile and so right. we're just throwing money left and right and Disney has all the money in the world I get it but. From a quality assurance standpoint, at least, um, there, you, you're exactly right, Kent. It it does feel like well because we can, and it looked this worked by the way because again it was like, I think I saw the tweet today that was like it was the most streamed Disney movie that they've done yet, at least as far as like the the, the direct to uh, mm-hmm. to Disney Plus uh, movies. And so, I mean, I, I think it, I think you know it did the job, but 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 to the point, it there's. There is so there are so many different streamers. There are so many different platforms. There's so much content. There is it's not possible for it all to be not even you almost throw good out the window. It's like it's not possible for it all all to be like even kind of quality. It's just this is what you're gonna get as long as we're so I I, I hate the way that that Zaz has done this stuff at at, uh, at Warner Brothers, but he's not wrong in the concept of we can't yeah. just. We can't we can't greenlight five hundred shows this week. That's not that's not a way to do business. There's you know? something to that. You know, how many times have we come on here and complained? Like, why hasn't anybody walked in the room and be like, guys, why are we doing this? No yeah. one's gonna watch this, it's gonna for lose sure. money, you know, no one speaks up and we always yeah. kinda kinda nail them for it. But are you getting to the point with Disney aside from theatrical stuff, which they'll always kinda have those holiday release windows and summer release windows probably uh, from here on out. Mm -hmm. But uh, aside from that, has the fatigue, the release fatigue set in for you just with this amount of stuff they're throwing out? Because like, I, I, I personally can't catch up by the time Hocus Pocus two came out. I'm still trying to watch Miss Marvel over here. No, like that's kind of where I, where I am. So yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily like, man, we got to have an original movie every two and a half months. Like, right. I think Disney can kind of pump the brakes well, a little bit. I think they're fine. I think people are still going to be Disney fans. I think. I mean, we're already. I don't mean just the three of us. I think like as as a as, a, as content consumers in this society, we're already conditioned at this point to to know that we're missing out on stuff and and really not to feel FOMO about most of it because. 
because of what we've already you know gotten the, the the first I don't know decade of the streaming era has already conditioned us to go that direction. My biggest thing is just it's not that if you want to churn out content that's totally fine, but it's 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 too much. And we we said this last time we did a Marvel thing. It's like it's it's too much to ask all the viewers to have seen all of the Marvel content. It's not possible anymore. Or if it is possible, it's not. You're almost not enjoying it. I'm watching this show because I feel like I have to because then if I don't, I'm not going to know what's happening in Wakanda forever or or whatever else. So the really, to be honest with you, can't the only place that I really feel fatigue on this anymore is with Marvel because there is so much and I feel like I have to watch it all to be able to to understand everything that's happening. Almost everything else at this point, at least for me, and I don't know if I'm in the majority or the minority on this, but at least for me, it's like, um, I don't have time for it, or maybe I'll I'm get feeling to with Star Wars too. Where, I mean, I'm trying to watch Lord of the Rings and House of Dragon right now. I haven't even started mm-hmm. the new Star Wars series too, and I still I'm behind like two Marvel series. So it's like, man, there's just so much stuff. Like they, I don't know. I I guess they they just think like everybody's watching all this in real time, and we're all just primed. All right, bring on the next one, and mm-hmm. they'll watch it that night, and bring on the next thing. You know, it's just like I think Disney could afford to not spend as much and not release as much and they'll be they they would be fine you know the difference with star wars and andor though i will say is is you've got time if you don't watch andor live and you don't watch it until right. you know january or something you're going to be fine because there's not another movie coming that that is directly tying into the stuff that's that's happening in this series and it'll be the same when mando season 3 comes out or or whatever else the marvel movies the marvel tv shows at least i i feel almost pressure at this point to to get them done because it's like well what's going to pop up in the next marvel movie that i'm not going to know what's happening because i didn't watch loki or 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 whatever else that's the stuff that they've got to get away from in my opinion it's fine to have some tie-ins here and there but it's it's too much it's too much we and we talk about this all the time so i need to to you know drag it on but no i i think it, it ties back to this it ties back to this and like this kind of stuff gets watered down Mm-hmm. When you're doing so much all the time yes. with everything, that's yes. what I'm. That's I guess that's what I say. So you can't really make sure. a, a great hocus pocus too that really you know lives up to people's expectations right. when you've got man, we got we got these four Marvel series to do. We've got this these mm-hmm. other Disney this Mighty Ducks thing we got to do. You know, season three right. of that or whatever it is. Right. So it's just a lot of stuff. The, the other thing yeah. though, and to, to Richard's point. The, the the math on this stuff has never been more difficult, and I totally agree with that. And then and then I think there's an added complication with Disney because you also have to kind of at least passively factor in the parks into all this as well. Yeah. Like right now, yeah. it's it's if, if you go to Disney World right now or Disneyland, but especially at Disney World, they have these huge Halloween parties three or four mm-hmm. nights a week. You have to; it's an extra ticketed event, like all this stuff, and it's crazy. And the Sanderson sisters are everywhere in yeah. in these this parades and the fireworks and all this sort of stuff and the 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 merchandise and so there's definitely an added element of it's been 30 years since we've had a hocus pocus movie we can add more content we can add more hocus pocus content to this parade or to the merch that's available or you know whatever else and it it's there's a it's just an added complication when when we're sitting here trying to figure out was this worthwhile or not, you know, as a movie for me, no, but I didn't like the first one. So I'm definitely out of the, the prime market, but like as a movie, no, this is not a very good movie. And, and to, I think we've all said it's, it's pretty lazily done. And if you like it, you like it, that's totally fine. But for us, not really, for me, not really a thing, but as you know, as, as uh Chapex coming into the office on Monday and he's like, Hey, this generates this, this translates to this. We are, you know, it's, it's a different aspect. I think it's something else that has to be at least added into the math that you don't necessarily have to do with Netflix or, or whatever, whatever other streaming. That's what I mean. This isn't their only revenue source, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like if they water down the Disney plus stuff, it's going to hurt on the Disney park stuff. Cause people aren't going to be as jazzed about Disney stuff, you know, like, Oh, Hocus Pocus wasn't that great. And they see the new, they go to Disney world, they see the Hocus Pocus thing and they're reminded, Oh man, that sequel was, was pretty bad. You know, like I, I don't, 
I don't think it's in their best interest to just put stuff out to, well, I know, I don't keep, keep, uh, mm. get to keep the stock price high or whatever. You know, I think the stock price will work itself out if, if they do good stuff at the end of the day. Um, they, I don't remember in the first one how three stooges the Sanderson sisters were in this one yeah. was, it was like that three stooges reboot level, like a slapstick comedy stuff. I did not mm. understand it, and it did not work for me at all in this one, in the new one. In the 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 old one, it just does. It's not that overt with what they're trying to do with the the slapstick stuff. It's more natural. It's part of the characters. In this one, it's just like, all right, fall down here, and you're gonna slip here, and I'm gonna p- punch you in the head here, and stuff like that. It's just real, mm-hmm. real kind of cheesy, and so, yeah, oh. yeah. No, I mean. I think it's definitely upped a little bit uh, on that kind of side, but I, I'll be honest, it it wasn't. As somebody who doesn't have much affinity at all for the original, it it didn't feel out of out of uh, out of bounds to me. It felt it felt fairly fitting to to what I felt was uh, mm-hmm. the, the experience of the first one personally. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, I. Um... I uh, was waiting for Sam uh, Richardson to break out the little buff boys uh, competition. (laughs) (laughs) One of the greatest bits in comedy is uh, I think you should leave uh, episode one of the latest season for for that bit. He's he's very funny. (laughs) Tony Hill, always great to see him. Popped up in this. Yeah, yeah, I guess you you don't say no no to doing this. No, it's fun. And it's probably a, very, a joyful, fun set to be on and it's work. And yeah, I get it. Totally get it. Should we grade this bad boy out? Yeah, I I think, uh, I mean, this is a kid's movie straight up. Um, I think they're just going for such a, did your kid like it, uh, Brian Cooper? He did. Um, I don't think that he was uh, as invested in it as he has been in other uh, movies, be they Disney Plus or or, or otherwise. Uh, we went to a, a friend's house for uh, who's who's really into Hocus Pocus. We went over to their house to to watch the movie. Um, I I didn't really. It was mostly me and me and Matt playing pool and watching TV in the other room. But, uh, but he was like into it for about 15 minutes and he got up and went and played and then was like, I'm going to have to, he even, he said to himself, he's like, I, I didn't really pay much attention to that. We're gonna have to watch that again later. So I know what's actually happening. So, but we did, we watched it on, on Sunday and I, he enjoyed it. I don't think that it's, um, it's not sticking with him the way that avatar did. Let's, let's put it that way. But, uh, it let's wasn't, cut. it wasn't a terrible experience for him. I think it's weird that he is, Added every Bette Midler record to his wish list mm-hmm. for Christmas, yeah. though. Yeah, I forgot you fall wind beneath my wings, yeah. guy. Now, and you right. never, right. never expected that to be the outcome of of this. <laughs> Everyone has a phase. I had a bet phase when I was his age. It's okay. We all do. We get over it. Yeah, you and I were. <clears throat> I remember Ken because we knew each other. We used to just hang out, watch First Wives Club, mm-hmm. you know, and just sing the rose to each other, right. <laughs> That was that was Friday night. This was the before the internet, so that explains a lot. Yeah. Not a lot to do. And a little bit during. Yeah. And a lot after. All right. I'll I'll go first on on grades for this. I'm gonna give this a D. It's a straight D, homie. D what, Ken? Uh, I'm going to give this a I'm a little higher than you just because I think it's fine for kids. And it's uh I don't know, I guess pretty harmless in that front, but certainly didn't live up to an expectation of somebody who grew up on the uh, original. Uh, so I'll give it like a C. All right. Brian? Uh, I'll split the difference. C minus. Nice. Well, uh, that was Hocus Pocus. Um, so we'll see you in a couple years for Hocus Pocus 3. Um, that's when they really bring the full trilogy home and we can see where the macros. Oh yeah. This will make a lot more sense then probably then. Yeah. Right? Exactly. This is yeah. just getting us to that yeah, point. It sets us up. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. And it's, it's uh, Ari Aster. I heard. <laughs> so 
Buckle up, on your Taylor Joy into the fold. Yeah, it's just real. Mm-hmm. Dad, why can't I watch Hocus Pocus 3? Trust me, trust me, trust me. You, just, you wondered just about that uh, virgin plot line, Richard, uh, Brian. You'll know in the third one. It's rated yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Very, trust yeah. me. Ken and I have seen the script. It's yeah. explicitly clear. <laughs> um, all right. Should we, uh, should we hit a little weekly recommend? Weekly recommend. All right. Um, Brian, what you got for us this week? I recommend a book um, by one of my my two or three favorite authors. Uh, came out a couple of years ago. I hadn't had a chance to get to it yet. Uh, it's called Pappy Land by Wright yeah. Thompson, um, who is a, a sports writer. I would say is is maybe the best sports writer um, right now. If you if you ever watch like College Game Day, you have you have heard Wright Thompson. Even if you you don't know that you're you're hearing Wright Thompson, he has the <laughs> thickest most. Uh, Mississippi accent, I think of of all time. It's very comforting and wonderful. But he's he's a an incredible writer. Uh, he wrote a book. Well, there was a book that came out a couple of years ago called "The Cost of These Dreams," that he's turning into a podcast right now too, um, which was just a collection of of some of his best uh, long form essays and stuff for ESPN and and wherever else um and it is an incredible book i loved it love the essay form and and he does it he just does it so so well uh this is this is about uh bourbon in in kentucky and about um pappy van winkle uh bourbon i think in particular and just sort of the history of that distillery and in particular uh, around julian and everything the grandson too yeah restored it it's more it's kind of a biography of him in a lot of ways it is and it's i'm about I'm about two thirds or three fourths of the way through. It's a, yeah. it's a really easy short read, um, and I'm not a very good reader, as as you all know. I, I really can't read. Um, just been a struggle my whole life. But but this. So if I'm telling you it's a quick easy read, then then you know um, it really is. But he is uh, right. Is just I mean one of the I think one of the true masters of weaving together a story and putting his own personal um, reflections and thoughts into the story without it feeling like he's making the story about himself. He's just a master, I think, at connecting. And and uh, and so, you know, you start reading this book and it's like, okay, this is a book about bourbon. All right, I'm interested. Cool. And then halfway through, he starts like weaving in the stories of his own father and his father's connection to bourbon and missing his dad and all this stuff and I'm like it's you know one o'clock in the morning and I'm like sobbing on my couch and stuff and so it's just it's so good and he is Wright Thompson is is truly one of the the great uh I think the great nonfiction writers of of our time and uh and my only complaint is that he is not the narrator on the audiobook so I'm having to read it like a peasant um in book form instead of uh listening to his voice on the audiobook but man it's good and i know you've read it richard and mm-hmm. uh it's it goodness i, I think i, I recommended it. it too didn't i i think you did it's been on yeah. my shelf for for yeah. at least a year or two um and i just hadn't gotten to it yet but you you and i were were texting about something uh-huh. a few days ago and you asked if i had read it and i was like i literally took the uh the dust cover off sure. of it today because it's it's my next uh like book read which again i don't, I don't have very many of that aren't audiobook anymore but uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible, and I mean, if you're a good reader, you absolutely could read it in one sitting very very easily. And uh, but yeah, I love it, love the book so far. It's amazing that he was able to invent such an amazing bourbon after sleeping for twenty straight years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an incredible it's part of the Pat kind of a legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, story <laughs> that not a lot of yes. people pr- talk about. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a. Underrated aspect of the story, for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely check that out. I think, and I don't. I mean, I don't think you need to be a uh, a bourbon enthusiast to to enjoy it. I think Ron no, it's Thompson about like American kind of craftsmanship, right? And the yeah. story of a family business mm-hmm. that fails and comes back. And mm-hmm. yeah, you could be a total teetoler and find right. a lot of value in the story. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of his deal. I mean, yeah, L- Lindsay doesn't care about sports at all, but. uh she will watch hard knocks, you know, right. or, or a good 30 for 30 or something. And I think Wright Thompson is, that's his kind of sports writing. You, yeah. you're like, I don't really care about Michael Jordan. You're like, right. But he just turned 50 and let me <laughs> read right. you this story about like what it's like to be 
maybe the greatest athlete of all time and be facing your your mortality for yeah. the first time like oh okay all right that's that's a story you know it's the same kind of thing here all right awesome recommend kent what about you man yeah i'm gonna recommend a uh album actually music um haven't gotten a chance to watch much stuff been doing a lot of work but been listening to a lot of music uh as i try to work and um I'll recommend an album from a band that started uh, Richard at UNT. Oh, yeah? Richard's alma mater. And uh, they're a jazz outfit, UNT big jazz school. It is. And uh, they're called Snarky Puppy. And oh, nice. uh, they're re- they're based uh, kind of out of New York now, but big Dallas kind of home base band. A lot of uh, musicians from... Uh, from Dallas uh, involved. So kind of a collective, maybe some different musicians, every record, but some similar ones, every record, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. If you like jazz music and uh, that kind of stuff, you know, uh, maybe some study music, that kind of thing. Uh, they got a lot of great records, but the newest one is called empire central and it came out last week and I've been rocking that one uh, the, uh, this past week. Uh, they're uh, oh, I've been working. So their trumpet player, Jay Jennings. Yeah. Um, his sister's a friend of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. So shout out. There you go. Them. He's got a couple Grammys. She's a very nice shout out to Carolyn. Shout out. But yeah. They are. Uh, they're a great band. Really great. Yeah. Band. They got like 20. Uh, looks like um, on their Wikipedia, they got like 20 members on their current. Yeah. <laughs> their current He's lineup, an OG. So. He's been in since 04. Yeah. Um, and then he's got a quartet too. I think he's great. He's a great drummer player. Yeah, I think their drummer is uh Snoop Dogg's. Yeah, uh, drummer for when he tours and stuff. Uh, so yeah, just incredible, just like studio musicians that come together and do yeah. a record every four years. That's like just uh you know them shredding for <laughs> an hour. So it's awesome. This one's uh, I think live. There's a I don't Very know cool. I don't know if it's recorded live, but like every after <laughs> every song, it's like a crowd of. If it's recorded live, I mean, holy crap. It's an incredible feat to yeah. sound that good. But um, check it out. Snarky Puppy. Spotify. Cool. Nice, nice. I'm going to go with a, a movie. You guys did albums. Wow. And, and look books. at this guy. Whoa. Yeah. I'm going to throw a little Confess Fletch out there. Oh, nice. Is it good? I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I'm, it's good. I'm excited for it. I like it. I nice. liked it a lot. Yeah. I think you'll like it a lot, Brian. I mean, it's not, doesn't, my socks didn't come off, but I, I mm-hmm. definitely recommend worthy a good little movie for adults. Definitely some laugh out loud. Definitely the best use of John Hamm since Mad Men. Um nice. as someone who's kind of since struggled. Curb. True. You're right. Since Curb. Since um, Yeah. Yeah. Best leading performance from John Hamm since Mad Men. How's okay. that? Gotcha. There we go. Non supporting. But yeah, it's great. Super mm-hmm. fun. I don't like Chevy Chase, but I've always been interested in Fletch. So this mm-hmm. worked great for me. I need an oral history on how this movie just came out just out of nowhere. And like, we talked about a Fletch reboot for my uh, entire life. And yeah. then, well, okay, most like, of hey, by the way, this movie talking out. about how he was going to do it. So yeah, it's not really fair that we've all <laughs> been true. talking about. It. That's it's true. mostly been Kevin Smith. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I saw that pop up and I was like, wait, is this like a trailer? I don't like, and yeah. no, it's just the full movie right there. And, not a trailer, not a poster, not not nothing. It's See, just, this is or this is a, a definite story of algos gone wrong. Wrong. I've mm-hmm. been getting trailers and stuff for it for a few months. Okay, interesting. In my algo. Wow, but that's crazy. I don't go yeah. to the weird perv websites you do, so I don't <laughs> yeah. get that stuff. I only open the no. links that Ken sends me. That's it. It's that's definitely a funny thing, though. But yeah. we've had that yeah. reversed, right, on this show where I've been like, "What is this? How did mm-hmm. this?" And it's sure. just we're so micro targeted now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, but whatever my. Uh, Whatever I'm indexing high on is definitely telling people I'm interested in Flex. Mm-hmm. Fletch. Probably because I I often Google, is Chevy Chase dead yet? And so <laughs> maybe that's when is what. the parade? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a fun Super episode. Dead. He's definitely uh, going to die tomorrow. Before I this know. episode even comes out, it's going right, to happen. Right. And oh, gosh. I Sorry to his family. Um, <laughs> those that are still speaking to him, I want to send my. Just go ahead and get out of it. Um, all right. Well, that was, uh, Hocus Pocus 2. 
That was fun. Uh, we've got what do we got going on in the VIP this week, Brian? In the next couple of weeks, and we've got uh, some some. This is a little bit of a we admit a little bit of a down period of the of the main feed, but we're ramping up for holidays. All of a sudden, there will be fifty movies a week because Hollywood is stupid, um, <laughs> and we will have that. So, Brian, what do we have coming out in our various feeds in the next couple of weeks? October is going to be spooky season in the VIP, yep. so uh, we'll have. I know what you did last summer. Last summer, excuse me. Uh, this week. Uh, we've got uh, an episode coming on Lost Boys, one of the classics from the eighties. And and what I, I again, I'm I'm not a horror movie guy, but to me, the best horror movie of all time is The Thing, nineteen eighty two. So we're gonna get to uh, to do the fortieth anniversary episode for that. Super stoked for that one. So check out the VIP Podcast dot com slash VIP. Join up for five bucks a month, get an extra episode every week, and all kinds of fun bonuses as well awesome well great times here in the regular feed gonna have more fun in the vip feed this week and uh we'll see you soon at the cinema hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegs <laughs> but i don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs Again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 